Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, uh, joined again on my weekend excursion to the movie theaters by a longtime friend and guest co-host, Sam. Sam Price. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I want you to come in super hot. With I never know what you want me to intro. do, dude. Oh, you're, we're doing a wrestling thing. I, I, I just All you have to do is just say your name with some pizzazz, dude. Well, what if Put I'm one of the? On it. Well, I'm I'm the Undertaker though, so I just, I just walk up there. Well, that's what I mean. As this is very fitting, as we're talking about the Peanut Butter Falcon today, mm. uh, this is the perfect movie to bring me that pro wrestling energy I so seek. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is some of those guys are pretty low key. What, if what I was, was just... your? What would be your wrestling name? Oh God, dude! I uh, remember in college you had a rap name. Do you remember what it was? Uh, my rap name was uh, Box Fan, I believe. Nope. Mechanical pencil. Me- mechanical pencil. Mechan- <laughs> I had two. Box Fan was my old one for my first EP or LP or whatever. <laughs> that was your first. That was in my before everyone knew who it was I in was high days. school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Back when I was fucking with like. Uh, you know, Tupac and uh, sure. Now you don't fuck with that. that. That's literally the only rapper I could think of at the moment. I know you still fucks with Nicki. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, you're cool. You're hip with the kids. I don't like M- Nicki Minaj, dude. I'm more of a uh, Rihanna guy. Oh, Cardi B. That's who you like. Oh, Cardi B. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Red, red bottoms on, bro. You make Falcon moves. I make Falcon moves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, we went to the theater this weekend and saw uh, Ready or Not. I hope you listened to that one. What a fun, exciting movie that was. That was a good and one. And now, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon starring Shia LaBeouf, who in his press tour says, Hey, guys, I'm cool now. It's all good. Forget about all the past Shia yeah. LaBeoufness. Sh- uh, I'm cool now. I'm down to work again. Yeah, the shyness. Yeah, uh, he <laughs> still kicks out. Dude, he never stopped working. What are you talking about? No, but he became, like, you had to go do Nymphomaniac with Lars von Trier because he had become, like, too hot to work with. So too he had to, to get brushed with. off to, like, he did indies get, and he stuff, He did get, right? like, all buff and stuff, right? Yeah, no, he was in, uh, what was that, Unlawful? With uh, him and Tom Hardy, they were, like, the uh, Prohibition-era uh, distillers? Uh, yeah, yeah, the bootleg, or Moonshiners. They were, that was yeah. called, uh, un, what's it called? Lawless? Unlawful? Lawless. Lawless. Dude, that movie was Yeah, badass. and he fucking attacked Tom Hardy on set and shit. He attacked Tom Hardy on set? Yeah, he was cast in a play with Alec Baldwin, and he attacked Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, no, he has a history of, like, well, him and Alec Baldwin. It's like, who are the two, like, biggest douche egos we could ever find? Let's put them in one play and see what happens. And, you know, they it's chose Baldwin and recast <laughs> Shia LaBeouf with Ben Foster. Oh, okay. But uh, neither here nor there, man. I always love watching Shia LaBeouf. I, I, I feel invested, though, because I remember when I was a kid, my younger brother is seven years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a little older, he was obsessed with this show, Even Stevens, which was like a really good show. Like if you're watching and babysitting kids, you know, like if they find a show that you can tolerate, it's a windfall because they watch the same shit over and over and over. And I saw that show and I remember thinking to myself, like, this kid's going to win a fucking Oscar someday. He's amazing. I thought he would go more the Tom Hanks route. Yeah. Uh, you like know, every man, uh, the like Mickey Rourke route everyone. or whatever path he's on. But. <laughs> But uh, he's yeah, a true man. artist, so, bro. He's in that Sia yes. music video. Remember? I know he had that one camera where he uh, got in screaming matches with Nazis in front of an American flag, like an art installation. He's a real artiste. 
Yeah, but anyways, sure. I'm always excited when I see him work. I feel like he does have so much to offer. He's just if he can yeah. just keep yeah. And this one felt like uh, this and American Honey. I've seen him do some really good work Dude, in the past couple I of years. About I, American I, Honey. That movie. Yeah, was I'm amazing. just excited to see him, man. I, I always love seeing him. So Sam, uh, you saw Peanut Butter Falcon. What were you thinking when I you did. left the theater? Initial takeaways. I was thinking, damn, that was a good movie. Honestly, like. Yeah. That was that was just a badass movie. It made me feel good. Almost cried a little bit at the end. Just felt- I cried like four times in the theater. Yeah, when dude, like some of those scenes, I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Um, and then I remember looking over and because I thought, well, actually, let's. I thought it was really good. We'll get into the specifics. By the way, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. If you yes. seen Peanut Butter Falcon. We're gonna talk about it. Uh, you know. Now you've been warned, stay with us or come back after you've seen it. The choice is yours. But you've been warned. So go ahead, Sam. Launch in. Whatever you want, man. Yeah, basically, uh, I thought Shia LaBeouf was for sure going to die at the end. And I remember yeah. I remember, I just kept telling, because my girlfriend went with me, and I kept leaning over to her. I'm like, I bet he's going to die at the end. And she's like, no way. That'd be stupid. And I was like, and every time something like happened with those dudes that were following her, I was like, yep. They're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. And then they finally like hit him in the head at the wrestling match. And I was like, I told you, this movie sucks. Because <laughs> they did the thing where they set up the motif of him and his brother in flashbacks, right? Yeah. Uh, John Bernthal. Yeah, every time they, they showed him and Bernthal, right? It was kind of like, oh, look at these loving brothers, this great relationship, you know, kind of this nurturer, father figure, brother type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh until we see that he died, he killed his brother drinking and driving, right? See, I didn't get that. I didn't realize that that was Shia LaBeouf driving. Yeah. I guess I didn't Yeah, so he, he was behind the wheel after they were drinking and playing pool, and that, you know, leads to the crash that kills his brother, presumably. They don't spell it out, but, I mean, I think we all agree. Yeah. Um, And when they did that, when uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, I can't remember his actual character name. Oh, shit. Zach? Is it Zach, <laughs> Zach. in the yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, Zach, Zach. Yeah, so as he's sitting in the room... Uh, and he even has this was, uh, but he's sitting there and he starts having the flashbacks of Shia LaBeouf guiding him through the journey. Right. Tyler, like being a good guy to him and guiding him as a big brother guidance figure. And I was like, oh, fuck, he just passed down the journey and the arc to Zach. Right. Because when they were having the flashbacks of him being the big brother figure, I was like, oh, he's the only other time we see this in the movie. It's about the dead older brother. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, they killed him. Oh, so you thought it was going to mirror image it, yeah. Yeah, and Fanning was crying, Yeah, yeah. you know, in the ER. And then it shows them driving without him. I was like, they fucking killed this motherfucker. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I was worried. I thought for sure, Because the scene in the movie, for sure, that had me weeping. uh, When they make their boat and they're getting away on their little raft. And you can tell, uh, you know, Tyler's character is carrying a lot of grief at this moment. Mm -hmm. He's been through a lot. Like, from the time we see him in this movie, he's... Committing crimes, running from cops, uh, almost getting murdered, beaten up. Finds this boy, you know, as he's on the run, stops and takes him under his wing. It's a lot he's put up with, right? And this is one of the first moments of, like, true stillness. We also, see. not not a boy, a, a, a man. The kid was Right, like, I mean, yeah. How old do you think he was in this movie? 20, Did they he, ever say? Yeah, they said he was 22. Oh, see, I didn't know. Yeah, I thought he was, like, a teenager, like a late teenager. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so he takes this, you know, guy under his wing and is helping him out. And at the first moment we see them kind of stop on their journey and have a moment to decompress and be like, wow, like what has happened to me in the last, I mean, was this movie like three days a week? I mean, it's really compressed time frame, right? Uh, I, think, uh, but, I think it was like a week altogether. 
I mean, it had to be a little longer since they're walking on foot, but it feels like this was like a day in the life, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's sitting on that raft, and he's starting to break down, and Zach just goes, uh, I'm going to give you all my birthday wishes. And I was just fucking a mess in the theater. And Shia LaBeouf just kind of leans over and, like, puts his head on him. And then they start doing that thing where they're grabbing the face. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Oh, it was just so adorable, though. Because I was like, that's how my kids play, right? Like, I guess. Yeah. That, in that moment, I was like, if you just showed someone that scene. Yeah. I was like, this is the scene I would show for this movie to be like, if this doesn't light you up, then, you know, you might not get what you need out of this movie. But that was such a small, beautiful moment of everything this movie did well. Because I did, I think there's a lot of serious trouble and questioning it's almost a coming of age even though everyone's old enough to be of age they're still learning and developing into their adult personas right Mm -hmm. um and so while the movie has this it has a beautiful balance of kind of heavy real big emotions that it lets us wrestle with it's also hysterically funny throughout they really struck a perfect blend right that doesn't take away from the drama you know but also doesn't make you sit there and be like wow this is so fucking heavy (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't actually too. It felt kind of like a Huck Finn story. Yeah, just like two people going on an adventure. Yeah. Now, when you were watching the movie, uh, what were what what are your initial impressions of Tyler the character? Talk me through Tyler. Right, this is Shia LaBeouf's character. So we meet him, and he's you know stealing crab pods as we learn. Well, when you first see him, you don't realize he's stealing crab pods, and then all of a sudden, as this scene is ending, he like cuts some buoys. And just throws them back out into the water. And I'm like, why is he just throwing those away? And then I realize, oh, that's not his shit. He's just stealing other people's stuff. Yeah. So immediately well, you're like. it does feel like, why not take the crabs and leave the shit and just be like, oh, you didn't catch any crabs today? Weird. <laughs> yeah. So, like, immediately you realize he's maybe not the smartest guy, although he seems capable. He seems like he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Um, They say he's a bad fisherman, but I don't know. He knows how to fish, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, sort well, of. Yeah, like compared to me and you, he's a master fisherman. Yeah, but compared to like the actual guys, doing <laughs> oh, like it you know how to put a hook on a string. Wow, I don't even think they're called strings. I don't know. But he seemed line, like fishing line. He kind of yeah. did seem like an outlaw in the way he did stuff. Like, I guess he didn't really sink his own boat until later. But yeah, he seemed kind of like a guy that had given up on following the rules. Basically, kind of a cool. Yeah. No, that's Depressed a good way to put guy. it because I think all of them fall into this same category, right? They, In a way, they're all characters that have fallen through the cracks of the system. Right. Right? So Zach is a, a guy who's living in a nursing home because no one else knows what to do with him or put him where he can properly be, even though he wants to be a part of the real world. He's got stuff he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, we just push him off and, uh, you know – Oh, my God, this fucking scene killed me. But when he's sitting there on the beach and him and uh, Tyler are hanging out and he tells Tyler that he has to be the bad guy because his family left him mm-hmm. because he's a down person, as he calls it. Yeah. Oh, my God, that broke my heart. And then Tyler, this is like the thing they do really well is they introduce us to Tyler as kind of a shitless layabout criminal, you know, bit of a deadbeat. Drinking on, drinking in the afternoon type guy. Yeah. He's just one of those guys who's like. You know, he's been broken by life, so fuck it. I'll do whatever I want and, you know, hurt anyone in my path. But his journey with Zach, they they find so many great ways to realistically open up his heart, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like he sees Zach and just cries and he's like the Grinch where his heart grows five times. And he's like, I have to be a better guy. (laughs) You see the, you know, 
These are just people in this story that just want to find a real connection. They want to feel like them existing matters to anyone else in the universe, right? And all three of them kind of find it together in this beautiful little way. But uh, when he starts telling him, he's like, dude, you're not the bad guy because your family left. You know, he's like, a lot of good guys have bad things happen. He's like, you just have a good guy heart. You can't do anything uh, about and it. That, yeah. yeah, you can't change that. And it's one of those brilliant writing moments where you're like, oh, he's talking about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, but throwing the compliment he wishes he could get to someone else. Because that's what we learn is that Tyler does have a good guy heart, no matter how outlawish, as you say, he's trying to act. It's like, Yeah, it's almost like he's pretending to be the outlaw. Yeah, well, I think what happens or is he, we see is that his almost. brother dies. They steal his fishing license for someone else. You know, it is like just kind of a, hey, man, there's not enough to go around. We got to fight for what's ours. Mm-hmm. And he's just getting kicked about, and he doesn't have his protector. So now he's just out there bouncing around and getting battered by life. And yeah. he's just fighting back, right? Like, what, what kinda, is the value for him playing by the rules? You almost do kind of feel bad for the John Hawthorne character, too, in the sense John that— Hawks? Or John Hawks? Yeah, sorry, John Hawks. But, uh, yeah, he's just trying to make a living, and this kid's, like, fucking up his life. No, but that's what I love is that no one in this movie, and I think that's what he says, right, is that bad things happen to good people and all that. Like, no one in this movie's really a bad guy all the way. No. Like, Hawk, I mean, maybe the guy who has all the stupid-ass tattoos, he doesn't seem like a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he seems like he really wants to fuck those children he also up. Seemed Although, like we a... did see Shia LaBeouf punch a child, so... No, Maybe that's that was just something awesome, in though, this yeah. part of town. Yeah. I, I love that scene. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was like, good. Fucking someone yeah, should fuck knock yeah. that little fucker out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, but he does have, he got his fishing license through legitimate means, it seems like. Mm-hmm. This kid is stealing and destroying his traps. So, you know, he roughs him up a little bit. Probably not the best way to handle it, but how many times do you think he's had to have this conversation with this kid? Oh, yeah, he doesn't seem a like. A lot. Yeah, a lot of times. A lot. So, you know, no one's doing anything about it. He kicks him around a little bit. He doesn't paralyze him, whatever. He kicks him around. Mm -hmm. Not ideal, but, you know, still within the realm of feasibility to me. uh, For someone who's stealing your livelihood, he has to feed his family too. Uh, And then burns down all his traps, and he says, you know, $13,000 to $20,000 worth of damage, right? Yeah. Pretty Someone else alludes to that it then spread into another building. Mm -hmm. So putting lives at risk. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch that these guys really want their pound of flesh. Yeah. But they needed a reason for some very serious crimes in this movie as we're watching. Mm -hmm. You know, he really is a broken bad guy. Well, and that's, Um, that's why he's good guy heart. It didn't, that that's like the, uh, catharsis or the, it's what basically instigates him having to go on the run. So it makes sense for the story. It just doesn't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I don't like that aspect of it, but they, I guess they kind of needed it because he's really well, not. You, why, why do you not like him being a criminal adjacent? I guess just full criminal. Like arson is a crime. That's a full well because they should have they should have shown uh, John because Haw- I know they mentioned it maybe something about how his brother used to have the license and then John Hawks took the license. Yeah. So like okay, like your brother's dead. I don't know. It just felt like a dick move. Like, <laughs> It's not grow up, you big pussy. <laughs> well, yeah, just like honestly, dude, just you know, why don't you just go work for him? I don't get it. He's he's in the midst of emotional grief, and plus, who knows how many employees these guys need? He has a guy who works with him. Yeah, but that guy, uh, you know, Tommy Lee stunt up. double. Yeah, way too tatted yeah. up for this story, dude. He felt yeah, he no, felt out of place to me. 
I felt bad because in the theater when they showed that guy, I just went, ugh. I know. I think I made an audible, and then I heard someone like say something. I turned around. There was a guy who had that exact same kind of tattoo set up <laughs> who was wearing like sweatpants and a tank top to the movie theater with his girlfriend. Uh, and I was like, oh, I offended the guy. And then I was like, well, fuck him. He's been talking the whole movie like a real piece of shit. Yeah. And I was like, so he saw the one character I scoffed at. He saw his hero on screen. He's like, that guy is right. I should be. <laughs> uh, anywho, fuck that uh, guy, too. Yeah, that guy seemed uh, out of place. He seemed like yeah, he's no, a. What be on I a think cover about Tyler, right, is that Tyler has. I think what they do really well with him is this insane amount of grief that he's experiencing, right? He, of all the characters in this movie, is so overwhelmed by grief. Um, I think it just takes its toll on him, is that. And also, I think by lashing out at John Hawks. Like, why him and not the other people? Because it is his brother's license. Uh, he is the guy who is now replacing, in the real world space, you know, the different things that he associated with his brother. So yeah. it makes sense that he has this kind of not only bad criminal adjacent behavior, but who he's directing it at. Uh, and, yeah, Tyler just goes off the rails, man. He's one of those guys. He's like, what does he have to be good for anymore? He tried. His bro- life took his brother away. He feels responsible. Now he's not getting enough work. This guy's taking the place he used to fish and crab. Um, you know, I think it's a good place to see. And, and what I think it does later in the movie, too, is it helps put him at the bottom of the barrel with Zach of these people that we just say, sorry, man, you're too much. I can't deal with your extra. Right. And we throw these people through the cracks. And, you know, I think it's cool that they find each other in this predicament. Right. Mm. So, yeah, yeah I, I thought that was a really useful part. And even Dakota Fanning's character also feels this way, despite things pretty much being okay for her. Yeah, I feel like she didn't have, like, a lot of her stuff is self-imposed. Well, yeah, it's just they keep saying, like, she's a rich girl, she's the college girl, and no one's giving her respect, right? And she's trying hard to advocate for this kid and this and that, and she has a shithead boss who just, you know, constantly is mistreating and abusing her because you know, jealousy or whatever, but not taking her and her relationship to Zach seriously. Um, and then eventually says they're going to throw Zach into like an insane asylum by the end of the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, and so she's trying to fight it. And he's like, no, you bring him back to do this. You become the executioner of his future. So even her, right? She's a girl who's taking less in life to try to help people who need it the most. And the system's like, no, fucking keep abusing them. <laughs> Well, the system, yeah. The system doesn't make exceptions for individual people, though. So that's the thing. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's her That's her uh, stone to bear in this movie, mm-hmm. right? Is that she knows the value of Zach and how much he has to offer. Um, and she's powerless to help it while in her position, right? Right. Well, I mean. But that's what I, I like that moment, too, because you give them all these things. And then from the baptism scene, which was fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. That old blind dude was hilarious. He just comes out and starts shooting a gun, even though he can't see. Yeah. <laughs> and he just has this junkyard full of God knows what. He lets them make a raft and baptize them. But from the moment they're baptized, then they have their drinking party, which is fantastic. And they find her. And once she gets on the raft, this is all of them. And I think they're even in ocean adjacent water, right? Like they're out there now. They've separated from the world that they're all in. And it gives them time free of all their, uh, you know, weight to find out what is important to them. I thought it was a really cool uh, visual storytelling device. The uh, When they're on the raft together, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. The raft becomes a microcosm for this world they as they wish it was in the larger sense, right? It's just this little plot of land where everything can be as they wish it was. Hmm. I like that a lot. And or it's just their mode of transportation. Or is it both? It could be both. It's is it both? Right? Um, is the tunnel that the white rabbit goes down not part of Wonderland? But also, like, dude, just go get your keys. Like, when you, when you, <laughs> dude, you can't find your fucking keys in the ocean. Are you kidding ocean? me? Did you see where he threw? He didn't throw it that far. Okay, if that goes out a couple feet, how ocean. many times has the wave come back and forth since she did that? Wait, what? So you're already searching a giant square. Like, all right, so it's in this 20 by 20 feet area where those keys landed. Yeah, but dude. And then the waves are never stopping. Keys are made out of metal. They sink. They just go to the bottom into the sand. You just walk around with your feet yeah, and feel they're for They're sitting it. on top of the sand. Sand gets moved by waves. Not very much, right? Are you saying she didn't want to drive that bus anymore? I think she needed an excuse to oh! hook up with Shia LaBeouf. I like it. She's like, you know what? I want to get Shia LaBeoufed. I'm out of here. How bad? I want to get Shia LaBeouf a band. <laughs> it is one of those things you're like, this movie's telling me an awful lot that life is kind of keeps kicking Tyler while he's down. And then you're like, he can do all of this stupid shit and still end up with that girl while he's unshowered, unbathed, unwashed. That's what, that's like the a big fool. thing for me is, yeah, you don't really need to take showers to get hot chicks. Well, no, you just have to take care of the thing that they also love to prove your worthiness. You have to have nice shoulders. That's it. <laughs> nice shoulders. That's it. He had nice no, shoulders. No, he took care of Zach. That was his end card. Oh. She's like, I have to look past a lot. Damn. But look at how he treats this guy. He is a criminal that burns shit down. It's probably going to be in prison, but he does treat this guy pretty. Not even. Yeah, she's like Zach's not a hostage. He's a buddy. <laughs> He's my buddy. It's like we got shot at three. I d- it was. Oh shit! My headphones are messing up. Uh, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny how quickly she joined him because like. And you the, are still recording, right? I don't know what happened. I just saw you going, ah, ah, and pressing buttons. <laughs> uh, my headphones are like going in and out, so I can't hear you that well. But uh, <laughs> she she joined them pretty quickly after they just said, oh, yeah, we got shot at. We got uh, nearly ran over by a boat. And then he took her keys yeah. and threw them. And then she's like, all right, well, I guess I have no other choice. I couldn't call the cops or anything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think she know No, because it's after this scene is when she finds out about the other home that they're going to send him to. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm talking about this scene when John Hawks shows up and the kid, the not the kid. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, that's later yet even. And then after. Like, she's already made the choice to be part of the gang by then. Well, yeah, this, this is the other part that was kind of weird is after that happens, they just have one short little scene where Shia LaBeouf's looking all sad and he's like, it won't happen again or something like that. Yeah. And then they just go on about their business. I was like, you know. I'll give you the two hints on this part that okay. I think. All right. One, she's already decided to be part of it because she knows Zach is going to have to go back to a terrible, worse place, right? Mm-hmm. So why not stay on and try to give him the saltwater hillbilly one, you know, this one big thing before she turns him in? Secondly, because someone just put a gun on you and is chasing you. She's a social worker. She loves a project. I know, but it. Like, this movie could have ended so many times in so many bad ways. It's just... <laughs> yeah. It, this is basically uh, uh, the, the Avengers Endgame. shields them. This is, like, the one, the one out of a million instances that this happens this way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
I would assume most movies fall under that headline, though. Well, I'm just saying, like, dude. Independence Day should have been over the moment the aliens started shooting lasers. I agree. Like, why wouldn't they just keep floating and take out the entire Earth at once instead of giving Jeff Goldblum long enough to hack Galaga? Uh, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> also, like, most movies are the one in a million time this works out that way. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying they got extremely lucky. And that's yeah. how it was a happy ending. Like, did you guys know hit why they the got lucky? Because through love, they found a family to shield them from the shitty world, man. That's what the message of this movie is, is family. Find your family. But also maybe carry more weapons or something. What does Bruce Dern say? Friends are the family you choose. Mm. Bruce Dern was fantastic in this yeah. movie. I thought that All, was fucking So that's, dude, that's another idea I was having. Was <laughs> there's three old men that help him, right? Is this, this may be a stretch, but is this like an allegory of the Bible? Like three. <laughs> Who were the old men in the Bible? So you're thinking of the three wise men. The three wise men they help Jesus. They give him a the gift. The difference is, is the three wise men come to them, come to him in the Bible. That's true. They go to the three wise. No, men. what I think it is is that, and plus everyone you see, right? So the old men we see, none of them are in great places, right? Well, one is in a, a home. One is blind and lives in a junkyard, right? But seemingly is happy. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad and life. Saltwater Hillbillies, kind of this guy who once was close to fame and whatever, and now is just no, sitting no, no. in this See, kind of the sad Saltwater life. Hillbilly, I feel like, is not one of the wise men. The other wise men is the one that gives him the alcohol. Oh, the, the gas station guy's the wise man? Yeah, he, he well, seems Well, here's what really I'd say, because if you add in the gas station attendant and the Fisher guy who's like, just get your life on track, buddy. Right. Right, the guy who fires him at the start. I think what you see is a lot of these guys who have just survived long enough to know and still aren't happy, right? Well, I and at times they see in him this kid who is on their path, right? Mm -hmm. And especially as the movie goes on, they're like, but look at these people he has with him. At least he has someone who cares. Because all of the old men we see in the movie are somewhat lonely, it feels like. It does, so I think it starts off alone, is that sure. they're kind of like, hey, man, we're the ghost of your future. And then others are like, look at this guy, man. Like, I know that kid. I was that kid. But look at him. He's here with his friends. He's trying hard. He's, you know, helping this kid out. So I think there's something to that. Uh, you know, the fact that the old men go from warning signs to, you know, oh, look at this guy. And they're more willing to get down with the cause, which is nice. Even Bruce Dern says he helps him escape, and he's like, you should be out there, man. You got a life you want to lead. You got dreams to follow. Um, yeah. So I think there's a wish fulfillment in these old men of, man, I wish I would have had this adventure. I, I remember having those adventures, and look at me now. Right. Hmm. That's the thing, man. All men have Peter Pan fantasies. We all do. That is true. What's your Peter Pan fantasy? My Peter Pan fantasy? Uh... Well, I remember when I was in college, I was like, one of these days, I'm just going to start walking. Okay. <laughs> That's a Forrest Gump fantasy. That's not a Peter Pan fantasy. Well, you could say Forrest Gump had a Peter Pan fantasy. Yeah, Forrest feels a but little thought about uh, that arrested development. For I thought sure, about yeah. doing that same thing. I was like, man, if I could just, I get a bag full of supplies, just start walking, see what happens. Just hang out. Just see what's up. Yeah, I can see This movie, stuff. I think, is something that all of us have imagined at one time, like, We've all had that day or week or month, you know, God forbid, even a year where you're just like, man, life cannot stop drilling me in the nuts every fucking day. I wake up kicking the nuts. 
I try harder the next day, kick in the nuts. And you just go, you know what? Why do I do this? Wear a cup. What is the fucking point? And you're like, what if I just said, you know what? I am just going to float down the river until I find something worth stopping for. I think everyone has had that daydream in one way or another. Dude, that- Mine was different, right? My two fantasies were The Matrix and Lord of the Flies. Where I'm like, if I could Both be of in the Matrix, horrible, dude. <laughs> no, 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 they're not in my version. Okay. In the Matrix is like, if I could be in the Matrix loading room, what would I load? Like, what scene would I create? What would be my happy place in the Matrix? Right. Hmm. I wouldn't be going in fighting in lobbies and shit. Yeah. I'd be yeah. Like, if I, if you could make your own happy place in that Matrix white room, what program would you load up? Lord of the Flies was my dark fantasy in high school, where I was like. What if I was on an island with all these fucking assholes and uh, we could remake yeah. it however? Like, how would I gain power and destroy yeah, all my... Yeah, you would probably... I could see you wanting to be like the... You, you'd want to be like the... Uh, I forget the character. Oh, yeah, I would have been in one you of the You definitely would have been Charlie, sure. yeah. You, you would have been... Uh... <laughs> I would have been squashing piggies left and right, oh, believe God. you me. I, but the, realistically, in high school, I would have been Piggy, who then turns for revenge. <laughs> like, in real life, Piggy should have been running that joint. Yeah, he was He just didn't have it in him. He's he just, didn't have the edge. He was too slow. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th- I think there's something about this movie that we're all like, like – I, I mean, this is the thing is imagining what this movie turns into is actually kind of scary and sad, right? Like, do we think these people end and just have a great life after this? Oh, no, they break up in three months. I don't know. but And it's hard because I think it's something, too, that we all fantasize. It's one of the nicer things about this movie is I think a lot of us see a lot of the problems of the world and wish we could and or were doing more. Like, how do we actually do something that makes the world a better place, right? Mm-hmm. A hurricane hits and you text your $10 to American Red Cross, but you don't feel like you're helping, right? So I think a lot of us have this daydream of, what if I found that, like, really good guy who had fallen through the cracks and I could just, like, take him in and help him, man? I'll raise him up. Like the blind side, right? Like one of those stories where here's just a guy who needs help. And I could be the one who does that. I think we all wish that we were making a better impact on the world. And I think we all want to find someone as lovely as Zach who just needs a shot. Mm. Right? So, you know, I think this movie operates a lot on wish fulfillment. I think it definitely preys on the audience. Not praise. That makes it sound like bad, right? But it imbues us with that feeling that I think the best movies do and the best movie characters is that it makes you think about the bonds you have in your own life and and what that means to you. That, man, no matter what, at least I've got, like, Sam, you're my Zach to my Tyler. You know what I mean? I'm glad I have you. No, it's the other way around, dude. No. If anything, you're Samson, the you're giant the one, mean wrestler at the end of the you're movie. You're the one that practices the wrestling voices. I'm definitely the more of the, like, outlaw fisherman, what? for sure. <laughs> no way. Dude. Uh, Who would you be? I have better Maybe shoulders. the tattoo guy. Maybe mean old Samson. Maybe um, one of those guys. No, you could be the gas station guy I, drinking dude, at his job. Well, that's that. This is my point. Um, <laughs> I agree with you that the, it is kind of like uh, everyone wishes they could have, they could be Tyler or whatever and help someone out. But also, I think this movie does a good job of just showing how the little things matter just as much. Even just like the guy giving yeah. him the whiskey at the gas station, just the guy helping him escape. Like, there's little things you can do to just the people around you. Yeah. No matter who those people are to help them out. And I think that's it's just a good message. I did have one gripe with uh, some of the character motivations, though. And that was with oh Shia LaBeouf, the very first scene where uh, Dakota 
or whatever her name is, gets on the uh, raft with him, Dakota Johnson. Andy. Is her name Andy? No, Dakota Johnson. No, her character name. Oh, uh, I forget. Anyways. I forgot so everyone's So she gets names. on the raft. What's she your, gets what's on the raft, and she like tries to help him put his shirt on. And he's like, what are you doing? He could put his own shirt on. And then he like makes him stick his head in the water. And Eleanor, that was her Eleanor. name. Eleanor. Yeah, she had a great name. Um, Eleanor. <laughs> um, fuck, what was I talking? So, oh, yeah. Motivations of once she gets on the raft. So he makes him put uh, Zach's head in the water to hold his breath. And he's like, the problem is you keep treating him like he's a, uh, what did he say? You keep treating him like he's a, uh, like he can't do stuff. Like for he himself. can't. Yeah. Like he can't do stuff that normal people can do. Like you need right. to treat him like a normal person. He can do this stuff. And then in my mind, I was like, "Dude, you're not treating him like a normal fucking person, man. Like you should let him know that this that this wrestling school is bogus. And hey, if you really want to learn how to wrestle, why don't we go actually learn how to wrestle? Because you're just you're not treating him. <laughs> you're not treating him like a normal person. You're treating him like a little kid. You're like, oh he yeah. He doesn't know the wrestling school is bogus. Dude, come on, man. He may have even heard of this swamp water, sweet water hillbilly, whatever he is. But I'm just saying, dude. Okay. Hey, Griffey, I, I show up and I'm like, yeah. dude, you need to stop what you're doing and take me to a wrestling camp because I want to learn how I to wrestle. I love that you act like this isn't something you've done to me in real life. No, no. Just, this is the case I'm of our saying, friendship dude, is you just, show up with a ha- harebrained idea Well, we have to go do it. I don't think you treat me like a normal person anyways, but say I... <laughs> Say I was just a normal oh, person. Oh, so here, you're Tyler now lobbing veiled insults at Dude, me. Dude, so <laughs> say I'm a normal person and you want to treat Okay, that's a stretch, but you, fine. You want to treat me like a normal person. Who the hell is going to help you go take a wrestling school, man? If you wanted to, I would t- if you, I would take you to wrestling school. I'm just saying there's inherent I've taken flaw. you to do dumber shit than that. No, you wouldn't. I'm just saying there's an inherent yes, flaw I in the logic have. that He's treating him like a normal person because you wouldn't do that for him. Here, here's where I disagree a bit, right? I think what you're seeing is the two sides of the coin, right? Is she is the overprotective mother figure, and he's the kid who's had to survive on his own, mm-hmm. and he takes great value in his uh, toughness and surviving through all of his hardships. So for him, he's trying to instill some of that, right? And hey, man, you got to be able to fend for yourself. While definitely helping him, right? He ties him to the raft and pulls him across the river. Almost kills him, but doesn't, right? He's trying to help keep him alive. He's just not going to overly nurture. And I think what the point of the movie is, is that Zach's in the middle, and they're not listening to him. They're arguing about his future and not listening to him. Well, yeah, because his his whole idea is he wants to travel down a raft and learn how to wrestle from this redneck dude. Right. Why well, would, let me ask why you, would you listen the to the only person in the movie that we see fulfill their dream at the start of the movie? Zach. Yeah, because he's the only one who gets where he's going and does what he says and wants to do. Like what his wish is, he fulfills his ambition. Yeah. So why is that wrong? It's it's wrong because he the only reason it happened that way was because they got yeah. extremely lucky. They happen to get to this guy's house without dying. They Isn't ha- that how everything is in life, though? I think that's the point of the movie, right? Is that Tyler probably could have been this, you know, well-off fishing guy. Yeah. But he wasn't lucky. His brother got killed. And he's not dealing well with the grief and fallout of that. Well, also, he's like 25, so he's got time. But that's what, But I mean, if he doesn't meet these people in this movie and just burns that shit down and that's it. Goes to jail. He might die himself. Yeah. You know, he might get killed if not for these people having been in his life. 
So I think that's the whole thing is what you were saying earlier is these connections and the small things. And I think especially nowadays that in our like consumer rampant society, this is extra enthralling to us as an audience is it take everything else out. Would you be okay just on the river with, you know, the two people that meant the most to you? And I think a lot of us imagine we would, man, if we could just live a simpler life Yeah, that we would, you know, like what if we, I thought this, I can't remember what the fuck I was watching the other day, but I was like, all these people have to wake up and do is just like survive, right? Deadwood. So they just wake up and you work, you know, you're like mending a fence, you're feeding your cattle, uh, you know, supper time, you eat with your family. I was like, that's like, it's like a simple life, right? You just like, you wake up, you do the work, you know, you got to do to have the food and whatever move on and i think yeah you have to fight bears every once in a while dude it sounds great man i'll fuck up a bear bro no you won't i would use the atomic throw i learned from peanut butter falcon (laughs) that was pretty cool that's the scene always great that's the scene where i started was so fucking funny in this movie yeah no his the line when shia labeouf's like you got any money he's like i don't have any money or pockets As he's sitting there in his underwear, I fucking lost it in the theater. He's like trying to be so, uh, oh, for like kind of professional. So I was like, I, I have no pockets. <laughs> uh, of course, the line, uh, what's the first rule? Party? <laughs> no, the first rule is not party. I just loved it, man. I thought the secret handshake was adorable. Their interplay was so full of love. Yeah, uh, in earnest well, it's emotion. Like, I I loved it, man. The whole and yeah, movie... when he was fighting Samson, and Samson starts seeing out, this isn't the Make a Wish Foundation. Yeah, Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird. You're like this motherfucker. <laughs> You're all like, we'll jump in the ring for Zach. It didn't make. And when he sense. fucking throws him, beautiful, beautiful moment when Zach uh, fulfills his wish, right? Yeah, and throws that fucker out of the ring. And I uh, a... should have thrown him at John Hawks, who's running up with the tire iron, but still. Yeah. Awesome fucking moment, Ooh, that man. But that's cool, what I mean. That cool Zach, Zach threw the power of his love, right? His earnest love. Oh my God. When he gets up and he's like, I do want to do it. And he gives the buff, the thumbs up. And he looks at Samson and they're like, say something mean. And he goes, you're not invited to my birthday party <laughs> and attacks him. I was literally like, just sad. Not like sad. I was just crying with joy almost. You know, I was like weeping in the theater. Mm-hmm. This movie had got me crying like five times. Damn. Um, Man, yeah, just a really wonderful movie. But again, I think that's the point is that if you spend the time and make these great connections, right? We see it with the old lady at the start with the pudding. She's willing to get in trouble with him. Well, I think people just like him is the point of the movie. But that, exactly right, is that he is just unblinded by these other things that are weighing down every other character. He is almost just like a good He knows what he likes. He knows exactly who he is. Um, He'll earnestly love you for what you are if you do the same for him. And I think that's why we think uh, we see him by the end of the movie. He feels like the luckiest person in the movie because of his uh, the amount of love he's pouring out to those around him. And I think he changes them along the way. And I think that's a classic tale that anyone uh, won't be tired of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the classic. Yeah. You were helping him, but really he was helping you. Yeah. I mean, it is just one of those things that and I know a lot of it is folks on. Oh, look at this kid with Down syndrome and this and that. But. What it is is, you know, the first thing you think about is like him, like his family left him and he it can do less or is different because he's downs. But what he is, is he's a, a good person, you know, with the hero's heart. Um, and you just can't help but love him. And to me, that's the best thing you can be in this world. And so few of us are. We're all very jaded by being cynical and narcissistic and motives. imagining how other people affect us. And he was not afraid to ask for help, but he's also willing to give a lot for that help so i don't think of it as this 
you know, narcissistic, like do things for me. Kind also of thing. just um, super brave. I mean, he jumped out of his brave, window in his clear. underwear. That's what I mean. <laughs> like who the hell does it's that? It's truly a hero's journey, right? It's just like a, a miniature relatable Lord of the Rings journey. Yeah. You know, and his mountain just happens to be Jake, the snake Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Get that kid some new DVDs, man. No, it was awesome, dude. <laughs> I, I fucking adored this movie. Any movie that I can see that so entertains and yet really pushes me to those emotional deep spots where I can just have a good cry in the theater uh, and ponder what's important to me in my life, man, I appreciate that a lot. I thought this movie, I think the expression I use often is it just has this amazing life force, right, that some movies have. It's just the the love that cinema can transport through the screen into you. I just leave almost elated. Like I'm floating on a cloud of joy Mm -hmm. um, because of the power that some of these movies can fill you with, man. There's just this extra electricity pouring off the screen. And to me, this was one of those movies. And I thought all the actors were phenomenal. The story was great. It was fun. I cried. Uh, And I'm glad he did the throw, man. I'm glad he did the throw. Yeah. A little bit of fantasy is nice. Yeah. I'm sad that they're going to Florida. I feel like that's not going to work out well. (laughs) Well, I feel like the sequel to this could be the Florida projects, and that yeah. terrifies me. I feel like they fit in down there. I feel like yeah. uh, if if you're going to be a fisherman, that's a pretty good place to be a fisherman. Yeah, I mean, it can't be much worse than where they came from, where people are just taking the law into their own hands with fucking tire irons. What do you think happens? Does he get arrested for that? No, dude. I mean, Shia LaBeouf flees and probably isn't pressing charges, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Th- they would have to press charges back and forth. They'd probably just so say just it was a wrestling even. thing, man. I feel like you, oh, you think all the people there are like this show is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they just think he's an extra prop getting fucking. Oh, did brain. you see Mick Foley making an appearance? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh man, yeah, I was crying a lot in the emergency room. I was like, Tyler finally learned. He was such a good ringman for Zach and really wanted to help him achieve his goals. Man, I thought that was great. And to see him pop up at the end, I thought that was a really cool ending. Man, I I love this movie. I could not recommend it highly enough. I hope everyone's going out to see it, man, because we'll all, never stop getting Disney movies and Marvel movies and Star Wars, but movies like this do need your support in theaters, uh, sadly. But, you know, this is one that's well worth your ticket money, man. Go out and see it. <laughs> Hell yeah. What's your final Sam rating? Uh, uh, I'm going to say a 9 out of 10, honestly. Holy shit. What? So this is an Andre the Giant level cinematic experience for you. Well, it wasn't. Completely perfect because I felt like, uh, well, <laughs> no one would like my version of the movie where they just tell him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Go it, back to your room with the cages in it and watch your VHS and well, stop complaining. I, I mean, don't be mean to the guy, but also you don't want to be a wrestler, Zach. You don't, like, you don't want to do that. All right. That would be oh my, my story. God. You're the guy at the end of <laughs> One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and you're like, I just wish Chief wouldn't have broken out. <laughs> No, I'd have been I wish like, Chief would have stayed in there for all of his life. I'd have been like, hey, Zach, let's just sit here in the air conditioning and play some video games. Hey, man, that's your fucking dream. That's my dream. That's your dream. Don't push we, his dream I'd be on like, him. hey, man, we can still touch each other's faces. We'll just do it from the comfort of our own home. This sounds like a much creepier movie than what <laughs> we want. So, yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. But, yeah, uh, man, I fucking adored this movie. I'm glad you did, too. Guys, seriously, uh, Run, Don't Walk to Peanut Butter Falcon and ready or not, I thought they were both super fun uh, movie-going experiences, guys. Uh, no shortage of great films out. Uh, them That Follow, Good Boys. Ugh. The Art of Self-Defense was fucking phenomenal. Don't go see Them That Follow, though. Do see it. Don't. 
It's full of love and beauty. What are you excited about that's coming out? Uh, let's see. It 2 I'm very excited Ooh, about. It 2 looks good, yeah. We're going to cover Dr. Sleep. Oh. I'm trying to think of what else we got on the show. There's a, There are a lot of great movies Dr. coming Sleep out here at the end the of the Cedar year. Dr. Sleep is the King movie? Yeah, yeah, so I want to do The Shining and then Dr. Sleep uh, right, is cool. a tandem when it comes out. Uh, also, guys, we have... Let's see, what do we have coming up? Uh, the Pod Questions Reality next month. For sure, locks are Dark City, Black Swan, and Total Recall. Hmm. Also, we'll be doing The Matrix as a trilogy to get pumped up, as we've now heard there's a Matrix 4 with all of our friends coming back, which will be super awesome. And in October, Sam will be coming back for sure for that to join me. Uh, we are going to be doing a massive uh, October month where we cover every Nightmare on Elm Street movie, every Friday the 13th movie, and then on Halloween Day, we culminate in Freddy versus Jason. It's going to be so fucking much fun. I hope you're there for that. What uh? What made you not want to do the Halloween movies on Halloween? Well, because this is a lot of movies. It's almost every single day we'll be dropping a podcast. Oh, sure. And it just fits, and I like the tie-up. Uh, yeah, Halloween will be on there someday. I fucking adore Halloween. It's going to be Halloween a busy it. October. Yeah, so uh, I get the most excited for horror movies in this entire universe, so I'm excited when October comes. <laughs> I try to do as much as I can. Uh, but that's it, guys. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. Share it with your friends. You can find us on YouTube over at the Chubby Mansion channel. Uh, that's it, guys, man. Good stuff coming to the theaters. If there's something you want to see us to watch and cover for you, let me know. Uh, I also have some other friends that are coming up with double features. We got so much good stuff coming up. Sam, thanks for making some time for me, man. No problem, dude. Anytime. I will always be the Tyler to your Zach, man. I'll take you to wrestling school any day, and you know that's true. No. I'll teach you how to fish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Agree to disagree. For the film alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Sam Price. You're all still invited to my birthday party. Peace. Peace.